Welcome to this episode of Your Wellness MD Podcast. Family physician and wellness expert, Dr. Daniela Stein, has meaningful conversations that will take your health to the next level. She explores the connection between a healthy body, mind, and soul, and shares tips that will enable you to thrive. Dr. Stein has helped thousands of people have a better quality of life by improving their health with science-based knowledge, education, better nutrition, mindfulness, and lifestyle choices. Join us today, empowering you to live your best life with optimal health. I'm Dr. Daniela Stein, and welcome to the Wellness MD Talk Show. I'm so excited to have Dr. Ashley White with me today. Welcome, Dr. Ashley. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Dr. Ashley White recently joined our clinic here in Oakville, and I'm so super excited to share with you everything that we've been doing at this clinic. So I'm going to start off. Please tell us a bit about yourself. Where are you from? Tell us your story. Great. Uh, I'm from Ontario. I grew up in a small town. I became a doctor when I was a little bit older, in my sort of early 30s, and I started in family medicine. And I, I ran a pretty large practice in a rural area where lots of folks had a lot of disease. So there was a lot of metabolic disease. And by that, I mean high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, uh, arthritis, reflux, this sort of mix and array of pretty complicated chronic disease that we all kind of know. We all know people who who live with, you know, taking a lot of medication and um, uh, complications of, you know, a lifestyle that doesn't necessarily help us or help us live as well as we would like. And what I found most often is that my patients would come to me after, you know, five years, 10 years of having additional weight on their body. And they would say, I'm, I'm not starting, I'm starting to not feel very well. Mm. And we would identify, you know, specific diseases. We would identify high blood pressure. We would identify, um, everything from kidney disease to cholesterol problems to everything. Um, but the root cause was often, uh, weight and the root of the weight was often a dysregulation or an inability to understand what was going on with their appetite. And when I really peeled back the work that felt good and fulfilling and meaningful, it was work on appetite so that we might help people live a little bit more aligned and so that their bodies can actually serve them. Uh, A lot of people are afraid of their appetite and I actually think it's something to just be understood. And this is phenomenal. So that is why we asked Dr. White to join our clinic because we at Wellness MD, we have a, a wellness clinic and a lifestyle medicine clinic. So when we do lifestyle medicine, we look at all the pillars of health. We look at things that the illnesses you're talking about in family practice, high blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol, things that we can change without medication that you can change with sleeping better, being less stressed, having better social connections, not being exposed to toxins like alcohol, smoking, xenoestrogens, and then also to eat better. How do we eat better? And it gets quite complex. So everyone who I see through the door, I tell them they have to go on this healthy plan. But it's not as easy for everyone. So some people have tremendous success. Yeah. 
But then some people will say they've tried everything, you know, and, and that's really where you come yeah. in, where you say, but why did this person try everything and how can we help this person? Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell us a bit more. So because you're yeah. so passionate about this, yeah. you went to the American College of Obesity Medicine. Um, so I ch- So what happened is I, um, I started collecting little pods of patients in my large practice and I built programs for them. And I ran a little tiny obesity medicine shop within my practice. So tell us about obesity medicine. Yeah. What does the word obesity mean? Yeah. So obesity um, historically has just meant um, being in a bigger body, but it's not that at all. It's a much more complicated uh, disease. And in fact, obesity itself is a chronic disease, even without all of the other things uh, that often come with higher weight or metabolic stress. Um, so obesity is actually a brain-centered disease. So it's about how your brain teaches your body how to metabolize food, how to store energy, how to deal with insults from the environment, and how to handle stress. So obesity lives in the brain. Um, and the way that the body decides to metabolize, to maintain an energy balance, is actually largely driven by genes. And we haven't known that before. Uh, so I think about ob- obesity as a, a brain-centered uh, chronic disease that is mostly inherited, and it is influenced pretty deeply by the environment. And so we do talk a lot about lifestyle, but we actually go deeper than that. We back up because lots of people, it doesn't matter what you tell them about what to do uh, and which choices to make. Um, there's something else happening, and it is deeply rooted in their subconscious experience. And I've always found that fascinating how some people can eat very little calories and be very overweight. And I I mean, I see it in hospital Mm -hmm. all the time. We Mm -hmm. would have patients who go through ICU, have significant illness, won't be able to eat. And they would have a much bigger body. And then I would think, you know, if I've been lying in bed like you for a month, not eating, oh my goodness, you know, there would be nothing left of me. Mm -hmm. But then these people kind of, their bodies hold on to all the weight, you Mm -hmm. know, so so that is something that's quite fascinating. Mm -hmm. And then also when you start talking about people about food, food is such an emotional thing. That's how you've been nurtured by your mom. That's how you experience love. That's how you care for yourself is with food. So for me to tell someone, oh, you can't eat macaroni and cheese, you're like, Mm-mm. But mac and cheese is what we do Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. you know. Or you can't mm-hmm. eat tacos. No, tacos mm-hmm. is what we eat Thursdays, mm-hmm. you know. So, mm-hmm. so it, it gets very yeah. emotional and very complex. Mm-hmm. Very, very. I ask my patients to throw the concept of restraint completely out the door because restraint has probably caused weight cycling and probably caused metabolic adaptation, which is the phenomenon you're describing mm. when when people eat very little and, and they can maintain a lot of size. Mm. Um, so. I think about what I've done is I've, through the work that I, I did in my own practice, I actually developed a taxonomy of, um, of learning about the appetite and then influencing your appetite in the moment as you eat. And so it's a cognitive system that you can adopt as you are pursuing different choices, nutritional choices. And my, 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 my system, I call it responsive eating because the idea is that you are meant to respond to the appetite, you are not meant to follow Ignore it like it. a command. Yeah, the appetite is telling you something. Mm. It may not always be to eat, mm. but it's telling you something. So I think about the appetite as mm. a signal, not a command. And you under you have to know what is what is going on with it. Otherwise, you will feel completely driven by food. You will mm. feel completely owned by the food environment, and you will always find yourself in the cycle. Mm. And you don't have to be, which is thrilling. 
Yes, and it's amazing. And Dr. White has had such incredible success with her clients, you know, to be able to understand why things, why you eat. Mm -hmm. And that really helps you then when you lose weight to keep the weight weight loss off, to keep the weight off. Because that is quite important for us is we want to make a lifestyle change. We don't want to get you on a keto diet, quick fix, look great. And then three months later, you're back where you were. Hmm. We don't want to do a meal delivery system or injections or Mm. things that, which many of our audience have been through. You know, that's mm. why we've really been overwhelmed at the clinic for people asking specifically for this. And that's why we have you here. And we're mm-hmm. so grateful to have you here. Yeah. And that's people that want to get rid of this yo-yo cycling forever. Mm-hmm. They want to be. Mm-hmm. So when you work with clients, you often prescribe their medication. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about that. So some yeah. people do qualify for medication. Yeah. Some don't. Tell us yes. a bit about that. Yeah. So I, I typically like to start with some nutritional genomic testing. Uh, where I get a really strong profile of the patient's um, vulnerabilities for nutritional deficiencies and um, the way that their genes are going to respond to different kinds of movement because movement is highly influential over the appetite. Uh, and then whether or not they have any genetic variants that actually upregulate their appetite. I spend a lot of time mapping out their brain uh, and trying to understand where they've been uh, prior to sort of throwing interventions at them. Mm-hmm. My patients don't get a um, a cookie cutter because everyone list. is different, as yeah. you said, yeah. Yeah. right? Some would yeah. have some, and yeah. I do. We, patients come to hospital. I teach and um, um, I test each one of them. Some people have magnesium deficiency. Yeah, some exactly. have calcium deficiency. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you're going to crave chocolate. You know, if you have the, huge, yes, yes. So that is different for everyone. Why Absolutely. are yeah. you doing that? Yeah. But then also, what you said about movement. Mm-hmm. Like I run. I love running. But that's what I find fascinating when I do triathlon. I would be doing, you know, Ironman triathlon. Some people would be carrying a lot of extra mm-hmm. weight, you know, mm-hmm. and really to understand how can people be training for three, four hours a day and carrying mm-hmm. that extra weight, mm-hmm. right? So and a lot of that's genetic. Uh, and a lot of it is going to be some of the appetite patterns they've developed that don't necessarily serve their athletic performance. Mm-hmm. Movement is the most important thing we can do for our bodies. It helps you make good decisions. It helps you sleep well at night. It helps prevent dementia. It helps keep muscle on. There, I could go on and on about the importance of movement, but movement is actually not how you lose weight. And most of most people imagine that they go and they exercise and they create a calorie deficit. So they burn 400 calories at the gym. That means that they have 400 more calories to work with when it comes to food consumption for the day or for a 24-hour cycle. That's not how metabolism works. The brain does not simply keep um, a bucket of going in and a bucket of going out. The brain actually finely tunes using many complex hormonal mechanisms how energy is stored. And so you can have people who are in much larger bodies who move extremely well, who are high-performance athletes and excellent. They have wonderful lean muscle mass. Um, They typically have excellent cardiovascular health. They usually have very few chronic diseases and that's excellent. But when they pursue weight loss, usually it's just, I'm going to exercise more. And that's not how that works. And so those people in particular have are usually really hungry people because they have a lot of mass. And so those folks are, are fun to work with because they tend to really get into it. But I also find that if someone wasn't running at all and mm. they start running, then they lose a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. But then if you kind of get run a lot, then yeah. your body gets used to Adapted. that. Or cycling or swimming. Yeah. Yeah. I've been 
I'm so surprised because I swim with these phenomenal swimmers that swim much better than me, much faster, mm -hmm. much further. But then at a point, your body's, oh, no, I know about this. I'm not going to burn calories. Mm -hmm. You do this every day. Exactly. <laughs> and so if you're not constantly sort of exposing yourself to a new physical stress, yes. you're going to live in this adapt adapted state, yes. which isn't necessarily bad. bad. Uh, but if just, your goal is to lose weight, then you don't want to stay 100%. the same. That's why people come to you. They want to change. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 so yeah. when people yeah. come to you, yeah. they everyone asks for medication you know it's been such mm -hmm. a thing i've had so many mm -hmm. people ask for medication and we have such limited amount of medication yeah, yeah. here so i've had people who go to mexico to the states get their medication there come mm -hmm. back and then i have to manage them mm -hmm. and then i'm going oh this is so out of my depth <laughs> and then yeah. even the medication that we have here we've developed shortages mm -hmm. just because it became so popular because it works it does mm -hmm. work that's why mm -hmm. we have shortages now mm -hmm. so tell me a bit about medication yeah so um one of the main pillars of the treatment of obesity is the use of anti-appetite medications um anti-appetite medications run the gamut. There's lots that are approved in Canada. There's lots that are not approved in Canada. I use a, a pretty large suite of medications in my practice. Some of them are on label, some of them are off. Um, I really tailor it to the patient and I do a lot of coaching around um, the escalation of the dose, dose appropriateness, and also how to manage supply because there are real challenges mm. to the availability of medication. Mm. I have a lot of ways to make sure that my patients have access to the drugs that they need. Um, but I consider anti-appetite medications a core pillar of the work that I do. But if it was so simple as just putting everyone on one of the new drugs and they would magically lose weight, then that would have happened by now. Because these, these drugs have been widely available. available for a long time. Yeah. So there's a ton of people who are sort of thrown on medications. They have no context for what is happening. They, they don't have any clue as to why these medications work the way they do, or even essentially that you're using, you're influencing your body through hormones. Mm. Um, and without the coaching, without the support, without the real understanding of their genetic contribution, the environmental contribution. Usually people have some moderate success with a little bit of weight. They have some physical discomfort that I find my patients tend not to have uh, because they're properly coached and, mm. and, and resourced. Um, and then they plateau and they wonder why. And so then they go back to their doctor and their doctor's like, listen, I'm not really sure uh, because they don't have a specialty. Um, and then they just sort of get stuck and they give up. And then they're back into the, the diet cycling. And then they say, this this stuff is not for me. And that's a big thing. So I had already, I remember in family practice 15 years ago, there was this drug indicated for something else, mm -hmm. but a very good appetite suppressant. Mm -hmm. So people would ask me, can they take it? Will mm -hmm. I prescribe it for weight loss? And I said, no, because I just do things by the book. Because it's Then they would go and get it in Mexico, illegal, work great for their weight. Then I would have other patients on this medication, but they don't know that it's illegally being used for weight loss. They'll be on the medication, still be at their weight because they don't realize that their appetite is suppressed because we don't just eat for appetite. Mm -hmm. We eat for habit. We eat, you know, so, so it is so complex. And that's why, yeah, at Wellness MD, when someone signs up with Dr. White, you don't just give them a prescription and send them off on their way. In fact, I, I actually won't do that. Yes. <laughs> that's specifically so yeah. that you can get anywhere else. Yeah. When you come here, what we specifically do, and also I know a lot of our viewers are from all over the world, it's quite important that if you are on this medication, to make sure that you speak with a dietitian, with a psychotherapist, you know, get different people in your team to help you. And every there's different programs. There's not just one right program. What we found worked best for us and our clients would be at least a six-month program. 
so that you can really get to the root cause of your appetite, mm -hmm. understand the psychology behind it, understand eating patterns, you know, really learn about nutrition. It's not just that 400 calories in and out, mm -hmm. but it is really what are you doing to nourish your body? Whatever you put in your mouth, is it building you or is it breaking you down? Mm -hmm. You know, because 400 calories in in candy is not the same as 400 calories in veggies. You know, there's different mm -hmm. nutrition and it builds you mm -hmm. different. And I think on that note, what I think is really important is that I completely abandon the concept of good and bad foods in the work that we do. There is no good food. There is no bad food. Food is food. Um, your brain doesn't understand the, the moral, um, uh, you know, value that we have placed on certain kinds of food. Um, the body does process ultra-processed food differently, so the metabolism gets a bit funky when it comes to food that's highly processed. And it's so harmful for your yeah. microbiome, yeah. and then there's yeah. a lot of yeah. research showing that how your microbiome is really affects even, you know, when they look at people's, the bacteria. So your microbiome would be the bacteria that goes is in your gut, mm -hmm. and then when they do stool testing, they can actually found that people who are at a healthier weight the bacteria in their gut would look different from people who are obese. And mm -hmm. then they've done these fecal transplants from very healthy people into overweight people, and the overweight people would lose weight. So there is this very big thing about bacteria in your gut, and your bacteria in your gut really gets badly influenced by ultra-processed mm -hmm. food, mm -hmm. food made in a factory, whereas food coming from a farm, like veggies, fruits, those things are good for your gut. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so it's, yeah. so, but, but that's not something, it, it might feel overwhelming, but that's why when you work with people, you work with them for six months, you take them by the hand, you answer yeah. all their questions, they work with a nutritionist very yes. closely. We don't, we don't start people there. I think I, I never want a patient to start from a place of deficit. I always want them to understand that everything they've done so far has probably been reasonable and they've been trying and they've been putting themselves first this whole time. They've just not been offered the correct treatment for the correct or problems. The tools. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I always want people to feel good about what they've done. Mm -hmm. um, I think when it comes to the microbiome, there's a lot we're going to see about um, the medications that slow the gut down actually lengthen the fermentation time and are yes, good yes. for the diversity of the yes. the bugs in the gut. Yes, that's why if I want to fix someone quickly, we just focus on fermented foods. Yeah. Miso, tempeh, um, sauerkraut, those foods to <laughs> get some so of good. that. Yes. Um, <laughs> I really like the taste. For me, it's just it's healthy for me. Yes, oh, that's I the like only it. reason I, I enjoy it. it. It's good. Um, good. So when people work with me, um, they actually work with my team. Uh, and I have uh, the great privilege of working with a holistic nutritionist and health coach who is as oriented towards um, the brain-first approach as I am and who is really skilled in therapeutic food planning and in selection of appropriate supplementation and complementing the work that I do. We're both using the responsive eating system. We're both using appetite literacy as the basis for the transformation. And we are both dedicated to people achieving outcomes that are far more um, sustainable than just the loss of 15 or 20 pounds because mm. the 15 or 20 pounds is is going to be small in comparison to the kinds of changes that folks should see when they work with us. So that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. So the changes is phenomenal. 
So tell us a little bit more about like your typical client. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I've been so surprised to see that. So people who come through our door would be people that are so high functioning, like mm-hmm. CEO of a big yeah. bank, you know, these big, mm-hmm. big companies. And they're so high functioning. And then I would almost think someone who is in such a big political position, you know, would maybe have control of everything, you know, because mm. you're controlling thousands yeah. of people's yeah. lives and you're controlling yeah. Yeah. the government's finances yeah. and you're controlling. Why is it that that person just can't control the weight? You know, yeah. what, what? I think it's this concept of control. Most of our appetite operates deep to our conscious awareness. And so these are folks who are used to relying on their executive function. They're, they're used to relying on their frontal cortex to make decisions. Uh, and they do so very effectively. But you actually can't exhibit or, or um, you can't leverage control over your appetite and your food intake the way that you do over anything else. You actually have to see it and listen to it and create some space for it. And then you can start to influence it. And you influence it with a lot of the work that you do, which is around sleep and hormones and, you know, speaking uh, when you're in conflict or when you're having a, 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 a sort of an inner tension, you have to say it out loud. Uh, and that can really release the appetite. So the world that we are in, particularly if you're very high functioning and you have a lot, you have to be accountable to a lot of different people, um, the appetite exists in a state of constant fight or flight. Uh, and that is why you eat in a way that does not serve you and actually doesn't even match how you live the rest of your life, Mm. which is why people get so distressed about Mm. it because they're like, this is not me. This is not who I am because they're treating their appetite like any other project. And it's not. Yes. And And like like you said, it's not just the calorie in and out. It's bigger than that. Calories in, calories out does matter, um, but it's not just that. And what people often tell me is they say that on the inside, they'll say, I look to you different on the outside. Mm-hmm. On the inside, I'm like this strong athlete. Or yeah. on the inside, yeah. I'm actually a skinny yeah. person, but I look yeah. different on the outside yeah. than on the and, inside. And I have, I want people to know that I have lived this, right? So Tell I was, us about your journey. Yeah, so I, um, I grew up as an athlete, and I grew up in a body that changed a lot over time. And when I was you know, on the thinner side, people would have, be able to make all sorts of assumptions about my sports performance that were mm-hmm. invalid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in a bigger body, I didn't ever range like too extremely in either direction, but in a bigger body, people would make assumptions about my athletic That you're maybe not as good athlete. Exactly. Or but when you look like an athlete. Exactly. Yeah. Or even sometimes they would say oh, for sure. things like, um, I got the impression that they thought I maybe wasn't as good of a doctor at a bigger size. And I thought, well, that's irrelevant. Um, but, it, but it's not because we actually carry a lot of bias into our lives. All of us do, yes. And that's quite a big thing. That's teaching that we get when we work with clients is how to let go of our own bias. And that is so important that if you, wherever you are, if you feel judged by your doctor, then just go and get another healthcare professional mm-hmm. where you're more comfortable, where you don't, because not every healthcare professional have gone through training to understand their own bias. And only one that, once they understand their own bias, you know, we can be less biased towards our clients or patients in front of us. It's a journey. It's a whole journey, right? And if you have to think about managing kidneys, liver function, all those things now to be managing like your own biases. It's hard. <laughs> not everyone has had training on the whole spectrum. Yeah. So yeah. if you're on this journey and your doctor has discouraged you, go and get the next person. Yeah. Go and find someone who's with you, who's 
with you on your team mm-hmm. who's in your court you know it's so helpful and you're going to be happy the rest of your life if you implement small changes now I, I really feel we're like a boat in, on the ocean you can implement small changes now but it can let you end up in an entirely different direction mm-hmm. if you go tomorrow and you go and make an appointment with your healthcare provider and you say I am concerned about my health. Mm-hmm. What can we do? I am concerned about my weight. What can we do? It might just be the first step in a different direction, which might down the line decrease your risk for diabetes, high cholesterol. This so there are so many cancers that are really driven by 22. weight. 22. That's significant. Cancer that can be yeah. avoided yeah. by being at a healthier weight mm-hmm. and knee replacement, hip replacements. Mm-hmm. We we see these things all the time, mm-hmm. and it, it's quite devastating. And but we're not saying you have to do it alone. We want you to get help. We want to provide tools and yeah. we will really make sure that over the course of the next couple of months that we'll put social media clips, um, YouTube videos, things that you can just implement in your life to help you on your journey because that's our goal for you. We want yeah. you to be stronger, healthier. We want you to look back 50 years and say, oh, you watched that video with Dr. White and Dr. Stein and it was a game changer and you lived longer. You know, So, so we really want that for you. So make sure you get someone on your team. And you lived with more freedom. Mm. You could just let that part go mm. and realize, okay, another hill I've climbed. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you no for spending time with me. I it's it's a pleasure to work with yeah. you. Thanks yeah. for joining our team. I'm really excited. You're making yeah. people's lives better and I'm I'm Thank very you. happy about that. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for watching. Send us in the comments below what you would like to learn about next, what you're interested in about with your weight, your journey, share your journey with us. You can email us at info at wellnessmdhealth.com. Till next time, take care. Thank you for listening to this episode today by medical doctor Daniela Stein. Follow us on social media and subscribe to our newsletter at www.wellnessmdhealth.com to stay up to date on educational resources that will take your quality of life to the next level. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your healthcare provider. Never disregard medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. Remember, you are created to thrive.